Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. Agriculture is Saskatchewan, and 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Harvard Western Insurance. We don't judge. Here's another reminder to renew your plates today. Visit harvardwestern.com. Canada's beef discusses Canada Beef discusses a new QR code program to help beef sales in supermarkets today. The new U.S. Secretary of Agriculture discusses reintroduction of COOL, country of origin labeling, controversial in Canada. Real Agriculture talks with the president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture about temporary foreign workers. And we have a two-part feature on extending the grazing season for cattle producers. We talk to cattle producers about their efforts to reduce the number of days on winter feed. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnson's Grain. Helping growers contract any type of grain, call 1-800-324-7778. Canada Beef will be rolling out its QR code gateway in the coming months. The plan is to get QR codes on meat packages in retail outlets. The QR code is a square grid with black squares on a white background. The code can be read on a smartphone and provides extensive information to the consumer. This includes recipes, videos and nutritional content. Michael Young is the president of Canada Beef. He was part of a panel discussion last week during the online Saskatchewan Beef Industry Conference. Our plan is to launch before this quarter is finished. So we promised committee we will have this thing up and running. It's not been done before to this level where every beef cut is going to have its own home with a set of furniture in that home. And then we can just build on that as we get farther down the road. So this is 100% from COVID because nobody was using them before. Now everybody's using QR codes. And, and, and as you mentioned, the one sector where the weakest in the millennials and the younger people, they live on those phones and they have no problem at all scanning that little QR code. So our challenge is getting the QR code in front of them. Using the QR code is a simple process with a smartphone. If you're sitting at Costco in line or, or trying to decide whether to buy a beef cut you've never purchased before, but it's on sale and you will out and try it, you could scan it right at the store and then you would have choices. You could look at a simple preparation method, a full recipe uh, with a shopping list while you're right there, uh, videos, you know those tasty style, we call them hands and pans, where it's a one minute video on boom, how to do this. Also, you want nutritional information by cut, we'll offer that to you. Also, um, branding information or um, uh, information about sustainability. Any variety of things can be there. Young says Canada Beef will provide the information on the QR code, but it will be tailored to each specific retailer. 
all of the information will be, our choices will come from us, but the consumer will believe it's coming from the retailer and that's how you buy into partnerships. We're gonna invest in getting this adapted because retailers tend to find reasons why things won't work. We're gonna reduce those, we'll cover the cost. If it costs so much to get it uh, loaded onto your system, we'll pay that fee. It's that important to us to get that information at the point of purchase as soon as possible. There were several positive comments in the chat section from producers who liked the idea. John Lawton is the owner of Titan Livestock, a cattle buying and risk management company. He expects it will be popular with consumers, especially the younger demographics. They live on their phones nowadays. So we can get a pretty strong message if they scan a package of meat where you go anywhere. When restaurants are open, you can't even get a menu. You grab a QR code on your phone. People are getting very used to using these QR codes. And I think we can send some really positive messages on how to prepare, how to, how to utilize product. And if we play it right, I, I really think this is a huge opportunity for the beef industry. Young says Canada beef will be the first one out with the QR codes, but expects other commodities will soon follow. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. The incoming U.S. Secretary of Agriculture is willing to re-examine country of origin labeling legislation, also known as COOL, as long as it doesn't spark trade retaliation from Canada. Tom Vilsack was the Secretary of Agriculture in the Obama administration who fought to maintain COOL until it was repealed in December 2015, following multiple World Trade Organization challenges by Canada and Mexico. Vilsack was asked about COOL during his Senate confirmation hearing yesterday. Do you believe that the current labeling policy adequately informs consumers? If it's the same policy as it was four years ago uh, when I left, the answer is no. Uh, we made every concerted effort to try to create better uh, transparency, better information for consumers because we understand and appreciate that consumers want to know where their food comes from. They want to know when they're buying U.S. or when they're not buying, when they're buying someplace, from someplace else. We attempted on three occasions to sort of strengthen uh, the country of origin uh, labeling uh, unsuccessfully because the WTO challenges by our Canadian friends, uh, which would have resulted obviously in retaliation. I am absolutely willing to listen to anybody and everybody who's got an idea about how we can circumvent or how we can get to a point where the WTO doesn't necessarily slap it down that creates retaliatory uh, impacts on, on American agriculture. I, I, I'm frank to say I need help in that respect. I, I just, uh, you know, we, we, can, we, we can ignore the WTO, but then we got the retaliation and then, you know, that's just right. not a good thing. So, no, no that's, wouldn't, that wouldn't be a good thing. Um, I, I hope um, that we can work together and bring in a lot of uh, stakeholders from the cattle industry to be able to, to look at that and, and possibly look at um, what the USDA can already do. You know, that the, maybe the tools, as I said earlier, maybe the tools are already there. Maybe we can strengthen uh, that product of the USA uh, labeling so it will work and, and um, be accepted by our trading partners so that we don't have to face sanctions and in the future as well. I'm happy to do that, Senator. Canada still retains the legal right to implement retaliatory tariffs if the United States reintroduces a similar cool requirement. 
Back in 2015, Canada and Mexico were on the verge of implementing $1 billion in WTO-approved tariffs on U.S. exports to make up for damages caused by meat labeling rules. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio on Rural Radio 147 on Sirius XM. Recently, I talked to Mary Robinson. She is president of the Canadian Federation of Agriculture. We talked about some of the developing challenges in terms of the increased travel restrictions for Canadians and people trying to get into Canada and what that could mean for temporary foreign workers in 2021. Uh, I all of a sudden did a bit of a uh-oh when I saw reduction of travel, no flights to Mexico or the Caribbean. How does this impact TFWs getting to Canada on time? Right. So we have seen a pretty good flow of TFWs up until now, uh, and we're still kind of sorting through a bit of um, some new challenges with these uh, new travel restrictions that you've mentioned, Sean. And we're still working with all orders of government and public health and and trying to navigate all that. Uh, It's obviously incredibly important for us all to be able to access uh, these international workers. They're so integrated with our food supply system. Um, So the the details are a little fuzzy on uh, if the isolation for three days in a hotel is going to apply to agriculture. We're trying to get some clarity on that. And obviously what what's important for CFA and, and all of our member organizations is to make sure that we're on the right side of it. We, we don't want to do anything that's going to speed up the spread of COVID. We want to do exactly the opposite. And obviously on a farm, uh, the last thing you want to do is introduce someone to the rest of your farm population that's COVID positive. So we're all for making sure that people are COVID free when they get on farm. Uh, but what we have to make sure is that any of these new requirements that come into play that we're not expected for farmers to pick up the tab on that because obviously uh, margins are pretty tight and some farms have a lot of workers and if we're faced uh, with a $2,000 bill per worker in addition to the the already high costs including what's most likely going to be more expensive flights to get people here. Um, It's going to be fairly devastating. So we're hoping, um, and we're getting some signals from AAFC that they understand this and they're going to go to bat for us. So, you know, fill us in here because some of us aren't as familiar with how many TFWs are working at some of these these farms. Could some of these farms have anywhere from like 50 to 100 TFWs or is is it more? Yeah, so I know farms that that would share one TFW, you know, trade a a person kind of within season. Uh, And I know of farms that would have in excess of 500 workers. So um, obviously uh, the the top line for a business that's looking at one farm worker is going to be a lot different than the top line for that farm that's got 500 or more workers. And uh, an expense of uh, 500 workers times 2,000 bucks, that's a million dollars hit on a farm of that size, which is uh, no small potatoes. Is there is there a possibility of an exemption for that hotel stay if they stay on farm in their in the in the barracks? 
there could be. Uh, we won't know until we find out. That's how these things go. But obviously, the, the more important message is that we want to make sure that we are on the right side of the regulations, that public health is endorsing what we're doing, that what we're doing is not putting undue financial pressure on farms, but it's also protecting farms as well as all Canadians uh, against the spread of COVID. I think there's a lot of farms that have been using TFWs, kind of taking TFWs that this supply sort of maybe for granted or that it, assuming it would always be that, you know, there for them to use. Doesn't feel so doesn't feel so sure now. So what does labor beyond TFWs look like in your mind? So I think it's important to clarify that farmers haven't kind of it's been easy so we get temporary farm workers. I would say just the contrary. I don't know any farmer who would rather bring someone in from a foreign country than go down the road and find someone who's gonna show up at work every day and do a good job. It's uh, it's expensive, uh, setting up bunkhouses, going through all of the the LMI, going through all the expense. It, it's And then ultimately being responsible for someone who's in your care from a foreign country. These are, this is not a something someone takes on without recognizing the grad the the uh, the size of uh, of the commitment well cfa has been calling for a national ag labor strategy and the wording's changed a little bit with COVID, and now we say a national ag labor and automation strategy this has been your real agriculture update you can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com it's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devon at 352-1866. Today, flurries, at times heavy, blowing snow in open areas. Wind northwest 40, gusting to 60. Temperature falling to minus 15 this afternoon, the low minus 19. Wind chill near minus 30 and risk of frostbite. Thursday, partly cloudy, wind northwest 20, gusting to 40, the high minus 15, the low minus 20. Friday, partly cloudy, the high minus 17, the low minus 27. Saturday, partly cloudy, cold day, the high minus 22, the low minus 32. Sunday, sunny, the high minus 26, the low minus 30. Monday, sunny, the high minus 23, the low minus 21, low minus 27. Tuesday, sunny, the high minus 21. Normal high for this date, minus 9. The normal low is minus 21. The sun rose at 8.30 this morning. It sets at 5.54 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, Hudson Bay, minus 7 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, minus 22. Estevan, minus 10. Saskatoon and Swift Current, minus 17. Weyburn minus 13, Yorkton is minus 9. Light snow and blowing snow in Regina, minus 14 degrees, that's 7 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the northwest at 33, gusting to 44. The wind chill right now, minus 25 degrees. Humidity is 81%, the barometer rising 101.4. In Moose Jaw, snow and blowing snow, it's minus 16. Winds are from the northwest at 39. Once again, Regina, snow and blowing snow, it's minus 14, that's 7 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. This spring, apply pre-emergent Edge Microactive Group 3 herbicide from Gowan Canada before seeding your canola. Maximize yield today and manage resistance tomorrow. Always read and follow label directions from Gowan Canada. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. 
This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers, mcdougalauctions.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems expect the best. A Manitoba ranch is using several production practices to lengthen the grazing season and reduce the number of days on winter feed. Nervous Brothers Angus is located near Shawmouth, about 30 kilometers northwest of Russell, near the Manitoba-Saskatchewan border. Aaron and his brother Shane run the ranch on a full-time basis, with their father Gene involved as well. There are 600 cow-calf pairs, all Angus, on 5,500 acres of pasture. We do like a cow that's efficient in a forage grazing management system. So with that means a moderate frame size, a moderate mature weight, but with that kind of a capacity, a depth, uh, an ability to maintain body condition scoring uh, with minimal inputs. And so a a cow that's just more maternally based and, and can do more with less and on her own without our intervention. Do we sometimes underestimate the cow's ability to adapt to natural conditions? Oh, yeah, definitely. I think over the years, just the way production agriculture has gone, we've catered to the cow way, way too much. You know, cow can do so much if we just, but the key is you have to let them do it. As far as calving, grazing, all of it, um, they can do it on their own, but we just have to step back a little bit and let them do it because they're actually quite amazing creatures. They can get a lot done on their own. They're grazing ruminants, and that's their job. Rotational grazing is very important for Nervous Brothers Angus with the goal of producing more forage per acre. We graze over 100 paddocks now, and that's for eight months of the year. And so they're on very small percentage of the land base at any given time. So the majority of the land is, is in a resting state most of the time. The cattle are only on there. They clip it off. They leave some residue behind. We never graze it right down. We're rotating probably two to four days, sometimes five days per move. Doing that, there's lots of different terms for grazing. You know, rotational grazing is one, twice over, holistic managed grazing, management intensive grazing. Uh, there's all kinds of different terms. But the one I think that fits ours best is AMP grazing, which is adapted multi-paddock grazing. So it's just being flexible and not being rigid in your plan. And when conditions dictate with rainfall, you know, frost, you know, early spring, whatever the conditions dictate, you got to stay flexible. And so that's part of AMP grazing, and it's really served us well since we started. And we haven't tweaked it over the years, but we've been probably on the journey for 15-plus years. And we figure, like, we're close to 2.5 times the amount of grass produced on an acre basis on the same land base just due to rotational grazing. Um, there's a few other factors involved there with, with fail grazing some acres as well, but the majority and the benefit is due to the managed grazing. They outline the size of paddock and type of fencing. Paddocks are, they're generally 80 acres mostly, but they can be as small as 40 to 50 and as big as 100 to 120, but 80 is kind of a ballpark. Generally, our exterior fences are barbed wire, three to four strand barbed wire, just because that's what they always were when they were open seasonal grazed. And so we've left them. They're still good. Um, If we ever replace any exterior barbed wire, we always replace it with electric now, usually two strand. But any interior cross fencing, we just use a single strand of high tensile wire. And if your cattle are trained to electric fencing and you have 
good grounding and good energizers, one wire is more than enough. It's better than a four-strand electric fence. After the break, we'll continue our conversation with Aaron Nurbus and learn more about rejuvenating forage stands. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. We're back with Aaron Nurbus from Shellmouth, Manitoba, not far from the Saskatchewan border. Nurbus Brothers Angus operates on holistic approach with their emphasis on pasture rejuvenation. They use a hooves, not harrows approach to improving old pastures. Well, it basically means using animal impact to improve the land and grass versus using iron or conventional approaches. Every time you use iron, I mean, there's the cost of the equipment. There's the cost of the upkeep and maintenance of the equipment. There's fuel. There's insurance. You know, if you're reseeding something, there's the cost of taking it out of production, tillage, possibly spraying. There's the reseeding. It all costs a lot of money. And we found over the years through higher impact, we're not as high as some, but through high impact cattle, impact through hooves and their grazing actions can really act as a tool to rejuvenate forage stands in itself. And with that, you know, we're, we're grazing a lot of stockpile grass too at certain times of the year in fall and spring. And a lot of that has gone to seed. And when the cattle go in there, they're trampling a, a large part of it too. And those seeds are getting punched into the ground. And we see a reseeding effect naturally just due to the cattle punching in the mature seeds of a stockpiled uh, forage stand. So it's quite impressive. And you know, machinery has its place, but you can also, you know, open your mind up a little bit and think about what other ways you can do it. And the animal is um, underutilized in that respect. The cattle currently are on winter feed for about 120 days. For our operation and what our goals are, we want to push the grazing as long as possible. And we think we can get to the 100-day mark on winter feed. It's, it's 20 more days than what we're currently doing. And I think we can get there. We just have to manage... It's a careful, tricky balance of, you know, your land base, your cattle numbers. Right now, if we wanted to graze more, we'd have to get a little more land or fewer cows or make our current land base more productive. So it's kind of a tricky little balance there to get to that, but we'll get there. When it comes to calving, Aaron prefers to go later. Our due date is April 25th, so the bulk of our calves are born in the month of May. Well, basically in the first two weeks of May, that's when most of our calves are born. So we do a 60-day breeding season or three cycles. So we're going into June as well on the tail end on the second and third cycle. There are some producers that even push, you know, with a, there's, there's a thought process that true na- nature or natural calving should be kind of when the wild animals, the deer, um, have their young, which is a little bit later than what we do. But we, we like to wean our calves in December, and if we calve later, we wouldn't be able to wean in December. We'd be weaning early, which we don't really like. And so just for a variety of reasons, uh, May seems to work quite well for us. In addition to the cow-calf pairs, Nervous Brothers Angus also sells bulls and replacement female breeding stock. We've been steadily growing that business over time. So right now we're selling breeding bulls. We sell them as two-year-olds. And for the most part, we're selling to 
like-minded producers in a sense, mostly later calvers and, and people that are more in tune with like, a maternal, more efficient type of animal. Although there are people that use our genetics to crossbreed and also for calving ease as well, because uh, with a moderate frame and the genetics we use, they're naturally calving fairly easily. Um, we're also selling replacement heifers, which is kind of something that's, that's grown a lot in the last few years. And we're marketing, depends on the year, but 80 to 100 replacement females off the cow at weaning. So they're just calves, but we sell them as breeding females. And the, the people that buy from us have intentions of, of taking them and making them into mother cows. Aaron Nurbus is with Nurbus Brothers Angus at Shellmouth, Manitoba, not far from the Saskatchewan border. Aaron is very active on Twitter. You can check him out at Nurbus Brothers Angus. Canada's Ag Day is being celebrated on Tuesday, February 23rd. The Agriculture Program Specialist with the Ministry of Agriculture in North Battleford, Trish Johnson, says a special photo contest is being held to celebrate Canada's food producers. Canada's Agriculture Day is set aside to celebrate the agriculture industry and highlight all the positive things happening in agriculture across the country. Let's try to create a closer connection between consumers, our food, and the people who produce it. Agriculture is a dynamic and robust industry that means different things to different people. To highlight this diversity, the Ministry of Agriculture is celebrating Canada's Agriculture Day by hosting a public photo contest. Anyone can submit photos for the contest. There will be five different categories. Crops, livestock and farm animals, landscapes, people and farm families, and history of farming. Submit as many photos as you like. They must be submitted by email before Wednesday, February 10th. The top photos in each category will be posted on Saskatchewan Agriculture's Facebook event page, where voting will then be open to the public. The photo with the most likes and comments will be announced on February 23rd. Once again, Canada's Agriculture Day is being celebrated Tuesday, February 23rd. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hollis Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And Nelson GM in Assiniboia and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Viterra prices were showing downward movement in early trading today. Canola fell 540 at 642.17. Number one red spring wheat fell $1.79 at 266.62. The rest were unchanged. Durham 310.48. Feed barley 249.70. Flax 801.08. Lentils 602.50. Oats 229.53. Yellow peas $380.89. Feed wheat, 183.72. The Minneapolis spring wheat March futures are down 10 and a quarter cents at 6.10 and three quarters cent a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on The Source, 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn, 842-4574. And now, the latest quotes. Assiniboia Livestock had a sale Wednesday, January 27th. It was a regular cow and bull sale. Prices have come up a couple cents from a, couple, from a few weeks ago. Hefferet sold from $81 to $1. 
D1 to D2 cows sold from 70 cents to 80 cents. D3 cows sold from 60 to 70 cents. Counter cows sold from 50 cents to 60 cents. Slaughter bulls sold from 90 to 104. This is Jordan Stevens with the Market Report for Assiniboia Livestock. And the latest pork prices, 162.14 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. World Vision is urging the federal government to introduce legislation that would force companies to take action against child labor in their supply chains. Its report, titled Risky Goods, warns that Canadians could be contributing to child labor with every grocery order. It estimates more than $3.7 billion worth of products involved child labor in 2019, with imports from Mexico accounting for the largest value of risky products. It also recommends shoppers buy more ethically certified products. Yara North America is celebrating its 75th anniversary this year. Yara says 2020 was another milestone year in developing its effort to improve crop yields through fertilizers and digital farming tools. Yara says it established two incubator farms in Alabama and California in 2018 and in 2020 opened a third in Saskatoon as centers for research on soil fertility and crop nutrient management. In 2008, Yara acquired Yara Bell Plain, a world-scale nitrogen fertilizer facility west of Regina. Yara says the world population will reach 9 billion by 2050, and farmers will need to produce 60% more food on the same area of land. The company is continuing its efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The co-founder of the Canadian Farm Workers Union and the British Columbia Organization to Fight Racism has died following a battle with cancer. Sharan Gill was 84. The Farm Workers Union led to improved pay, benefits and working conditions for farm and ranch workers across the country. On the markets, Canada's main stock index edged slightly lower in late morning trading amid losses in the industrial, technology and utility sectors, while U.S. stock markets were mixed. The TSX Composite Index was down half a point at 17,873. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 43 points at 30,644. The Canadian dollar traded at 78.26 cents U.S. compared with 78.02 cents on Tuesday. The March crude oil contract was up $1.31 at 56.07 per barrel. That's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicides.